Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Good morning, Arizona. Happy Sunday. Beautiful day out there. You know what? It was kind of hot. It was over 100 yesterday. But what's really amazing is look outside. We have some clouds here in Sunny Slope. Quite beautiful over the mountains. Anyway, happy Sunday. Welcome to the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, where we have a great cast today. We have not only the lovely Julia, but Patricia joined us with the news. So we got a fun team for you. They both have got some good songs going. And uh, just, just a really beautiful day out there. So whatever your dreams your desires. Whatever you want to grow, give us a call. The number to call, 602-277-5827. 277-KTR. We could talk about the landscape of your dreams, your nightmares. If you're growing something different, we'd love to hear from you. Plenty of styles, lots of things to grow, different ways to grow them. And uh, you know, water's always a major concern. Glad to hear that they're cleaning up the, you know, the towers, and the chilling towers are pretty amazing. It's kind of really old school uh, air conditioning that's very efficient here in the desert. And uh, we all know it needs to be a little cooler, so we can talk about what shade trees give you the most shade for your buck and for our water usage. We can talk about growing food. We can talk about just growing beautiful things. The tropicals, they love the deserts. A lot of tropical plants here really enjoy our, our weather. And uh, we grow some of the prettiest hibiscus and bougainvilleas on the planet because we are a little drier and don't have the humidity. Anyway, it looks like our lines are starting to fill up, so we'll get right on the phones. Next up, first up, we have Steve and Florence. Hi, Steve. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. Great, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. I have a question. We have a beautiful hedgerow uh, made up of hot seed shrubs. And right in the middle, there's one that when we moved in about four years ago, looked like a Charlie Brown Christmas tree. Very frail and not a lot of growth on it. But over time, it is filled in. It looks beautiful, but it is the only one that fully flowers. There's white flowers all over it, and it kills off the leaves uh, about this time every year. So I didn't know if there's something we should be doing differently with it or just love it when it flowers. Well, you should turn over to PBS and go to Sesame Street. And there's a great song. One of these things is not like the other one of these things. Yeah. So anyway, there's genetic variation in a lot of plants. And, and most hop seeds, are a lot, well, a lot of them anyway, are grown from seed. And you just have some genetic variation. It, you know, and once the flower season is over and you prune it back, it won't be a problem. But if, if you don't like the variation of variety, you can replace it. Uh, hop seeds, when you notice the difference in growth, you'll see a different leaf pattern. Some are narrower, some are wider. And there oh, are okay. and there's definitely variable cultivars. Uh, with genetic differences. So it's just not exactly the same. Not that it's ever okay. going to be bad or evil. It's just going to be different. All right. And every time I look at it, I'll think of Sesame Street. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Steve. <laughs> Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, Terry up in Cave Creek. Good morning, Terry. Good morning. Um, I We have a jasmine plant it's not blooming, and of course, it's my fault. So I need to know what I'm 
what I'm doing wrong. <laughs> uh, move, run away, go go far, go north, go south, just go somewhere. No, anyway, it depends on the variety of jasmine terry and how much sun it has. Is this one of a group or one uh, alone? No, there's well, no, it's one alone. There's two and a two, and we have two separate pots, mm-hmm. and it's in the back of the house, which faces east. Okay. Um, so it does so get some sun then. Yes. And yes. Jasmine is this like a star jasmine or an Arabian jasmine? Do you have any idea what kind it is? No. Shiny green leaves. Yes. Okay. So then it probably is a star jasmine. There's also an Asiatic, which has a narrower leaf that kind of cascades more. And that one doesn't bloom much at all. And so if it's it's an Asiatic jasmine, you might want to just change the plant. A star jasmine should bloom pretty well on the east side. You might pull it out into more sun for right now. And uh, it'll take it, and it'll bloom better. But it should be in bloom if it's a star jasmine. Yeah, okay. Yeah, this is definitely not in bloom, so... I'm uh, wondering if it's that. Uh, well, that if, it, if it's an Arabian jasmine, it kind of cascades more and has a smaller, narrower leaf. Uh, you can send a picture into Whitfield Nursery. Uh, uh, just go to the internet and send it to the web- website, and I could probably tell okay. you what variety it is. Okay, that's what I'll be doing. All right, thanks, Terry. Good luck to you. Thank, thank you. Bye, bye. Uh, Paul and Mesa. Good morning, Paul. Good morning, Brian. Uh, love your show. Uh, I planted a couple of weeks ago, several weeks ago, actually, a couple of two little Barbara Karst Bougainvilleas, mm-hmm. and I was wondering if you could give me the proper watering schedule for those. Uh, for new ones, Paul, where do you live in Mesa? Do you live heavier place? I live or? Uh, on the northeast uh, part, almost out, well, in Los Santos area out okay. here, and they're on the uh, west side of the house, so mm-hmm. they get plenty of sun okay. and plenty of heat, mm-hmm. and... Uh, they're looking pretty good now, but I still would like to a correct watering schedule. You know, like pro- so pro- probably ideal in that area would be twice a week. And if, are you going to put them on a drip system? No, I water them with a gallon a jug. Okay, so they're going to want a gallon of water each if they were one gallons uh, minimum. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, okay, and probably twice a week and all summer, and then periodically if you you put a little bit bigger well, you know, it's a thing for a $10 plant, you want to dig a $50 hole, but if you right. put a bigger okay. well around it so it'll retain more water and you can put more on, or else you can take that drug, jug and just fill it up and poke a little hole in the bottom of it with a nail and just okay. sit it there next to the plant so it drips out slow, and that'll mm-hmm. be your new uh, modern drip system. It actually yeah. works very efficiently, and uh, just okay. sit it right next to your plant and do that twice a week, it'll be fine. Okay, thank you so much, Brad. Love your show. Thanks, Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Ed and Chandler. Good morning, Ed. Hey, Brian. Hey, yes. Brian. I, I, we're talking different uh, varieties of the same plant, and I just realized yesterday I had uh, let's let's talk uh, crown of thorns. Mm-hmm. I, I've been giving crown of thorns to people, and then somebody had a crown of thorns with a broad leaf on it next to the one I got. Well, I gave them, and I didn't realize I didn't realize there was a, a broad leaf crown of thorns. There are a lot of them. Uh, we used to call them Taiwanese crown of thorns. Um, but basically, it's, uh, it's a broader leaf. We have a beautiful one in front of our home that we're actually propagating at the nursery right now. But they come in probably, you know, there's probably at least 30 to 50 different cultivars and okay. uh, lots of different mm-hmm. styles. A wonderful, useful plant, you know, in all different kinds of form. Pretty, pretty hardy. Uh, 
Do you, do you have them at your farm then to, to buy the nursery? Yeah, absolutely, we do. Uh huh. Yeah, we, we've got a Gee. few, and we're propagating more. But we should have them, and at uh, at all the stores for certain, we have them at our store on Southern. Uh, but okay. we may have them at our store in Gilbert as well, which would be the two closest stores to you. But I'm, uh, I'm certain that we have them on Southern for, Avenue. Close for me is a Southern one. Okay, very good. You have a good staff there, by the way, too. I appreciate their uh, input. So I keep missing you, by the way, also. Oh, I'm in and out. I was over there doing a grafting class yesterday and hanging out for a couple hours. And I was out in Gilbert and I was in Glendale. And I do work. I do work at times. Not not always. But yeah. I, <laughs> well, thanks. I'll go pick that up. Things. I, I didn't realize there was there was a different variety of thin leaf and a broadleaf. I like the broadleaf. It looks great. And they're they're a pretty hardy. <laughs> they're so. they're a great plant. Thank, thanks, Ed. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, that leaves us a couple open lines. Julia back here smiling. Give her a call at 602-277-5827. Glenn in Peoria. Good morning, Glenn. Good morning. How are you doing, sir? Excellent. And uh, you? So, good, good. I have a bottle tree that's been in my house for 21 years. It's probably been at the house for like 35 to 40 years. Uh-huh. And then uh, sitting there when I'm sitting in the front porch, I notice the roots are getting big. And it's about six to eight feet from the the house is that something i should be concerned about probably not glad you say it's a bottle tree yeah bottle tree yeah they usually have a pretty deep tap root that's for the norm for them like a big carrot that goes down and then they then they basically yeah. root off the side of that they're very drought tolerant bottle trees are as hardy as as most desert trees and will thrive being watered once every three or four weeks in the summer and almost not at all in the winter time so they don't need a lot of water good deep irrigations but if you see a surface root on one going somewhere that's kind of unusual yeah. so that tells me there's a water supply nearby that it's it's feeding on and if you can look at okay. either eliminating the, the water supply or if you want to just cut that root off, that would be fine. Okay, yeah, because I water it quite a bit. Like every other day, I water the oh, tree that, with that, the yard and everything. Yeah, okay. So let, so it's in lawn? Uh, it's in the grass, in the front, yeah. Okay, so let's, talk, let's, let's talk about watering your grass and saving water and keeping your bottle tree happier, okay? So what we want to do okay. is adjust the irrigation. Do you have a ryegrass lawn right now? With winter lawn? Uh, yes, sir. Okay. So let's kill yep. that. It's the right time of year. So shut the water off, okay? And don't mow for about 10 days to two weeks. And this time of year, the ryegrass is going to shoot up, and then it's going to start to you know fade because it's not going to have any water, especially your ryegrass because it's somewhat spoiled with that regular irrigation. Uh-huh. So let it go for about two weeks. And then come back and scalp it, just as if you were to plant the ryegrass. You know, in the fall, we want to do that and take the ryegrass away uh, this time of year. Okay, so no water. When you for, say scalp it. I mean, cut it you back. You mean to just the, mow the mower and don't pick up the stuff? No, no, scalp it. Cut it all the way back as close and tight as you possibly can with the mower and go ahead and pick everything up. Okay? So, oh, gotcha, yeah. So we're going to okay. shut the water off, let, let it go for about two weeks. The ryegrass is going to get tall, then it's going to start to lean and get thirsty because it's warm. And um, then we're going to come back and scalp it because what we're trying to do is kill the ryegrass. And uh, if we can get okay, the ryegrass gotcha. killed now, then we'll come back with Bermuda grass. And the correct water cycle for Bermuda grass, is your lawn fairly level, Glenn? Yes. Okay, yep. so put a it's capturing a device out there. What I really recommend is a tuna fish can because it has vertical sides. Uh, but if not, just a dish. It would just kind of have to compensate for it. You want to water your lawn and put on about an inch of water at a time. 
Yeah, we use an inch of okay. water because it's going to push the water down about a foot deep, which is about as deep as the Bermuda grass will root. Okay, so we want to water oh, okay. uh, with one inch of water. Then you shut the water off. Take a screwdriver out in the ground and push it in the ground. When the ground is dry, it won't go in the ground anymore. Okay, it's going to be hard to okay. push in. And then that's the time you recycle. So for most lawns around the valley, that's about once a week this time of year. Might be a little longer depending on how much clay you have and where you're at in Peoria. Some areas out there have a lot of clay. So gotcha. if you change the schedule like that, it'll kill the rye. Come back right after your first watering and fertilize. And your Bermuda grass will come back in and fill out. And you, if you stick with that water cycle, you know, one inch of water, let it dry out check the ground first and get your timer set and uh, we have to really kind of check your time because there's all different kinds of sprinkler heads that put out different amounts of water. Your bottle tree will thrive. It never needs any additional water and uh, your surface roots are because you've been watering very frequently but majority of roots on bottle trees usually will be a lot deeper. You'll save water you'll have a happier lawn and your bottle tree will just thrive. Hey, I was worried about the roots getting under the foundation and tearing well, the house up. If, if you see a root out there, cut it off. Any root on the surface okay, gotcha. of that bottle tree that's up on the lawn, cut it off. That's unusual for a bottle tree, but the reason why it's occurring is because of your very regular watering schedule. Change the watering schedule, everything will be happier. Okay, thank you so much. Thanks, Glenn. Have, have a, nice a great day. day. You too. Bye-bye. Uh, we're going to take a short break while we're gone. We do have a couple lines open. Julia back here smiling on the phones and the music. The number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. It's Julia and Brian here every Sunday morning with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Maybe I didn't treat you quite as good as I should. Uh, 
Willie Nelson can sing his songs better than other people. That's, that's a little European version for y'all. Anyway, beautiful morning out there. Looks like the lines are full. We'll get right to the phones. As one's gone, one's open. The number to call, 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR. Dick down in the South Mountain Point. Good morning. Good morning, Brian. How are you? Excellent, I've got, sir. Uh, I've got four... Uh Boogies that are planted relatively close together. They're probably at least 30-year-old. I've been in the house 20 years, and they were mature when I moved in. One of the four is the leaves are turning. They're getting light green. Some of them are getting yellow. Uh, to say. Is it a different color? Does it have purple blooms? No, it's all barber cars. All barber cars? Yeah. So one that old and, and having a problem sounds like it could possibly be a chemical, too. So it could be a herbicide or something it's picking up. You know, typically bougainvilleas, are, it's, it's that age. They're so hardy, it's pretty hard to hurt them. Uh, We're right on the preserve. Mm-hmm. So there's nobody, you know, the, and, and the uh, golf course is 20 yards away. So anything they put on the golf course is going to be well away from these boogies. And, and you haven't fertilized or done anything different with the dick? No. No herbicides, no, no pest control, no anything? Well, you know, the the gardener may have put down something. I'll have to check with him. I, I, w- I would think he did, you know, because uh-huh. that's very unusual, you know. And it's but the grass, the lawn is a good four feet away from the boogies. Well, so the, root, the roots are probably, you know, they're probably more expanded than that. They're probably out below the lawn and beyond. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, uh, okay. you know, it's been there a long time. And, you know, if you treat your bougainvilleas like I do mine down at the farm at Hyder, uh, they get nothing other than sunshine. <laughs> And, yeah, and very right, little yeah. water, yeah. So you know they'll they'll root out and take advantage of any water they can find. But it really does sound to me like it's picking up some kind of a herbicide, um, mm-hmm. because especially with the barber cars, that that's just very unusual and one that's that old yeah. and established. I, I wouldn't know what would cause it, you know, other than probably and so, herbicide. And and assuming it may be a, something you put on the lawn, what mm-hmm. do I do? Uh, if you want to kind of green it up, you could spray it with a foliar fertilizer. You know, you could you could trade like just a Miracle Grow or a Peters or any one of those things, and and that's going to okay. give it the quickest. Uh, you know, something we normally would never have to do for a bougainvillea, but if you want to help it, uh, that would be and that for and it. just put that on the fo- spray that on the foliage. Spray it right on the foliage; it'll work the fastest. It'll change the color right away. Great. I got a couple other quick quick questions. Do at the, at this time of year when you're killing the ryegrass and blah blah blah, mm-hmm. cutting it short and all that. Is it useful to overseed with Bermuda? Yeah, normally, it's to not put necessary. Bermuda seed down. Yeah, I mean, you could, but but typically, a Bermuda grass lawn is going to grow off the rhizomes and runners anyway. And with right. this kind of weather and water, you know, Bermuda grass will grow. Yeah. Okay. Third question, real quick. I got a girl, my daughter that lives in the east, that sends live plants for her mother on mm-hmm. Mother's Day, birthday, and so forth. And she sent a. Uh, a gardenia. Okay. What do I do with a gardenia? Well, the gardenias that you get there come from Apopka, Florida. That's where most of them are grown, the florist quality gardenias, and they're beautiful. Um, and they're regular gardenia vichai, so they'll do well in a pot or in the ground on the east side of your home. They'll want some sun to bloom. 
And uh, they're one you're going to have to spoil because they're they're cutting grown. And if you're a coffee drinker, if you feed them your coffee grounds to keep the soil more acidic and a little bit of regular fertilizer and put them in a lot bigger pot or a lot larger hole because they're grown in those little florist pots, uh, they'll thrive. Yeah, okay, we'll give it a chance. East side, uh, some sun. Yeah, it's going to need some sun uh, if you want it to bloom. And, and she has sent also a, a lily. A, I guess that's lily of the valley. It's a couple of colors, white and a dark ro- rose. Well, and, uh, and those, color. a lot of those lilies you could plant, and it's a very, to handle them very much the same way. So in a pot. You know, or in the ground, eastern exposure, little morning sun, you know, not a lot of reflected heat. And, uh, you know, in the shade of one of those big eucalyptus in the point, and uh, they'll do well. That's great. Okay. Well, Brian, thanks a lot. Love your show. You're doing a great job. Thanks, Dick. Bye bye. Uh, next up, we got Joseph out in Gilbert. Hi, Joe. Hello, Brian. How are you? Excellent. Uh, my question is. Uh uh, a Philippine lady gave me a small tree about a year ago, and I planted it. And she called it a calamansi. Mm-hmm. The tag on it said calamandine, mm-hmm. so I guess she got it at a at a box store or a nursery. Right. And it was doing real well. It wasn't growing very much. It still isn't growing. But uh, all of a sudden now the leaves are turning kind of a light green where they were nice and rich before. So uh, Joe, do you have it in a container or you have it that you're going to put it in the ground? No, it's in the, it's in the ground. It's in the ground. Fertilize and, uh, it. Okay. And, and calamandrins, or they call them calamansies there in the Philippines. Um, you know, they use them a lot to cook with and things. Very popular fruit there. Um, will do well as any citrus here. They'll grow here just fine in full sun. Um, you may have gotten one that was just grown by cutting. Sometimes they're grown that way. Uh, they're better off if they're grafted. But at any rate, if you've already got it in the ground, what you want to do is, is is treat it just like a good, healthy citrus tree. You want to protect any trunk it has from the sun. You want to water it heavy, probably at least once a week, depending on your soil. But in Gilbert, once a week should be plenty adequate. You want to fertilize it lightly once a month, and you could use a citrus food, or you could use miracle Grow. It wouldn't make any difference. 20, 20, 20, mm. seems to be fine. Okay. And what, if, be, what if I have uh, flood irrigation? Well, that won't be enough water for it on its own. Until it's more more established and a little older, it, it'll work great on flood irrigation over time. But for this summer, I would water it once in between irrigations. All right. Okay. Thank you, Brian. Thanks, Joseph. Bye bye. Uh-huh. And Joanne in Phoenix. Good morning, Joanne. Good morning. Only your expertise expertise would hit tell this. I have a tree that's been beautiful. I, I can't even tell you what it is, but it has those uh, big yellow flowers when it f- blooms, and then it it, it has th- three or four trunks, and it, it's about eight years old or nine, and it's been just wonderful all the all those years. But somebody came in and cl- clipped it off because they said it was growing down too low, mm-hmm. and now the top of it is all. Just all the le- all the leaves have grown off, and the leaves are kind of small, oval shaped leaves. Oh, and they've so. and they've got some purple, uh, uh, like oh, <laughs> I can't even tell you what it is. They feel like they're like they pick off in little prunes. Oh, okay. Like a seed. Yeah. So what? So what it is is what we call a lucky nut tree or thevisha. It's going to come back. 
It's a hardy plant, you know, and it's definitely healthier when you keep it fuller so it can protect itself from the sun. Is it out of well, the open, Joanne? that's what I tried to do. It. They, cut it, they cut it all off because it was, they cut it so low they couldn't, somebody couldn't get through it. Okay. So is there is there anything I could, it's, it's all the leaves are at the top of it, but there are probably oh, a foot of leaves at the bottom that are still there. Is there anything I could do other than just water it? That's all you have to do. If you wanted to fertilize it, it'll come back faster, you know, and you can kind of prune it any way you want to prune it, but it, it's going to come back quickly, especially with this kind of weather. And it might be where you didn't water it much before, but if you want it to regenerate quicker, you know, water it heavy once a week, and it'll pop. Okay, out. and so it it will live then. Oh, it's definitely going to live. That 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 plant is difficult to kill. The wood may burn a little bit where it's exposed to the sun. Is it out in the open, Joanne? Is it in the certain side no, of the house? No, it's on the or? south of the house, but it's been there for probably eight years. And it's, okay, the south. The south side is great because it's going to get some protection from the sun by the house, okay? So if it's right up That's by the house. That's why it was put there, yeah. Yeah. So it protects the house from the sun all year until now, and then what happens now, the sun's going to go past north, so then the house is going to protect it. So it, it's going to come right back, not to worry. It'll be fine. If you want to give it some extra love, a little fertilizer, extra water, that'll do well. It'll come back quicker, but there's you don't have to. It's going to come back anyway. But so I can water it. How often and how well, much? You can water it once a week, and you can give it water enough to go down two feet deep and out about three or four and feet away. I tried to do that, yes, and the bottom, the leaves are coming back, but not at the top. They will. Okay. Oh, you're wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Thank oh, you so much for taking you. my call. Well, you've got an easy plant to help. <laughs> Take care, Julie. <laughs> bye-bye. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah, it's called a thavisha or a lucky nut tree. Have a nice day. Okay. Bye-bye. And it's time for the news. And we have the lovely Patricia here today. Patricia Valencia is from Las Cruces, New Mexico. And I don't know if you all have been to Las Cruces, but it's it's a beautiful place where the river comes through and the pecan trees grow. And a home in New Mexico State. University, where I am a contributor because once we took out the uh, the big field of Alderica or Mondale Pines, and uh, Dr. Mexel and Fisher are great friends of mine. So there, there you go, Patricia. Thank you so much, Brian. In the porch swing last and do the right thing, eating on the tin roof, baby, just to me and you. Rockin' with the rhythm of the rain Slide on over, baby, hold me closer Moving to and fro, just swayin' like a slow freight train Rockin' with the rhythm of the rain song of the week and uh you know how timely could it be we're here in the middle of a drought we got the you know the people down there working on saving water with our cooling systems and uh and we're here with you know the lovely julia who brought us you know monsoon last summer so we're gonna let the girls work on it and uh 
you know, and the Judds are just, you know, they're unreal. Anyway, we're walking with the rhythm of the rain, and we just hope it comes and starts to fall. We can use it. Anyway, beautiful morning out there. We do have two lines available. Number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Gino and Anthem. Good morning, Gino. Hey, good morning, sir. How are you today? Excellent. Thank you. All right. Uh, quick question. I got a mesquite tree in my front yard, and I was wondering if I were to cut it down, can I immediately replant something if I dig the stump out? Sure. Okay. Not a problem at all. I mis- Mesquites are actually legumes, and they actually build the soil. So, you know, the fact that it was there for a while is a good thing. Oh, okay, cool. I didn't know if I had to let the roots die out before I put a new one in or... No, if, if you have any like roots that. that are hitting the surface, you'd want to take those out. But aside from that, you should have no problem. Okay, cool. It's just a very messy tree, and it's beautiful, but just a lot of cleanup on that thing, that's for sure. Well, you know, if you're looking for something cleaner, you might look at a, uh, a Fantex or Fan West Ash or perhaps a Red Push Pistachio. Those are all deciduous trees, but the advantage of deciduous is they have leaf drop once a year in January. The rest of the year, they're clean. So what about a... I believe it's an Indian laurel? That's going to be a lot messier than your mesquite. Okay, well, this one I just bought, and it actually it's been green all year round. I put it in the ground about a year ago. Well, is it maybe be, an Indian lilac? No, it's an Indian laurel. Is it going to be in rock or is it going to be in lawn? Uh, it's just it's going to be underneath, like uh, just regular decoration rocks, like okay, just so gravel. Here's the difference between that mesquite tree and the uh, that you're you're going to take out. And that ficus tree that's the Indian laurel. The ficus trees, when they're young, they're, they're kind of, they kind of lure you in there, you know, and they, um, they don't shed much. But as the ficus tree gets larger, it's going to shed leaves and figs, you know, pretty much about seven months a year. So it's going to be constantly shedding in that rock. The mesquite tree, on the other hand, will have a season where it sheds the flowers in the spring, and it'll shed the leaves a little bit in the wintertime, and it'll shed the beans in the summer. So you've really only got drop on the mesquite tree two or three months, and you're going to have drop on the ficus tree seven months. So it's going to, the ficus oh. tree is going to be messier than the mesquite tree. Okay. Cool. Sounds good. Well, I'll uh, start shopping for trees and well, try to get this one think, cut down. Yeah, think about it. But if you want something that's going to be clean, think deciduous because it'll drop leaves one week a year. You clean them up, you're done. Okay, cool. Thanks, Gino. That sounds good. Well, I appreciate it, Brian. Thank you're you. Welcome. Bye-bye. Uh, Jack and Scott still. Good morning, Jack. Good morning, Brian. How are you today? Great, sir. Thank you. Good. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, hey, got a quick question for you. I want to check something out. I, I was talking to a, a landscaper the other day, and uh, he mentioned to me that back in the day, he used to keep uh, bushes controlled in their growth and yet remain healthy by 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 trimming them and then spraying them with a product that I thought he told me on the telephone was Agrimec. I don't think that's correct. I don't think I got it right or he didn't say well, it right. Well, there, there are several different grow, growth regulators, okay, and they're used for different I, things. And, and you can use a growth regulator on your plants. Uh, but what, no, I've got, what I've got in mind, Brian, is mm-hmm. oleanders. Okay. I, I've got some re- a really uh, healthy oleander hedge mm-hmm. that I've had for years and years and years. And uh, I like to keep it controlled down to about seven or eight feet in height and uh, you know I, I just get I go crazy uh, trimming it especially at this time of the year it's just thriving okay. and I was just wondering is there any reasonable way of, of controlling that other than taking water away from it that's the best way 
You know, you can spell, spray it with gelaric acid. There's things in the growth retardants you can use. But honestly, it's easier to cut the water. Um, it, it turns out it isn't because it's close to a lawn, and I uh, I, I sprinkle the lawn, and I, I just can't keep the roots out of there. Uh, how do you water your lawn? Uh, I, I water it once a week, mm-hmm. as uh, you've recommended, to get a, about an inch of water in there. Uh-huh. Yeah, so the but oleander's going to be very happy with that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know. They, you wouldn't believe it. Well, you would believe it. It's mm-hmm. an old hedge, and, and it's just thriving. I, I was just wondering if there was any way that I could reasonably retard the growth without harming something else. You know, I, I, would, I would say more regular pruning. But, you know, you can you can certainly use gelibric acid. There's growth regulators you can buy that you can spray <laughs> on that are going to reduce their growth, you know. But then, then you're, applying, they, you're, applying, you're applying all these chemicals and doing different things. And um, Well, that's the trouble. Yeah. And it's just it's just not that practical. I mean, you know, like these these products are used for different purposes. Like, you know, for example, in California where they grow navel oranges and they want to spread the crop out, they'll spray these mm-hmm. to retard the crop of the citrus so they can harvest at different times. You know, we don't do it here because we're organic, but, but they do it in California quite a bit. And, um, you know, and you can do it to retard the growth of your plants, and it's certainly doable and workable. Um but oleanders are, are one that, and, and it will work on. It'll change the flower cycle. You can do different things by by spraying chemicals on them. But it's going to be a lot of work. I don't. I don't think it's going to be worth the time. Okay, well, I appreciate that. I just wanted to check it out with you because I had never heard anything like that. Well, there, there, uh, he's well. definitely correct. There are definitely chemicals you can use to retard them and change their growth patterns, and and they will work. Okay, and and you say they're commonly available. Pretty much so. Yeah. Uh-huh. Little okay, research they can be found. Okay, thank you very, very much. I appreciate your help. Thanks, Have Jack. a good day. Bye-bye. Thank you, Brent. Bye. Oh, let's see. Next, we got Mark and Chandler. But believe it or not, we have wide-open phones. We have Julia and Patricia back here having fun talking. Give Julia a call. Put her to work. The girls are having too much fun out there in the back. The <laughs> number to call, 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR. Good morning, Mark. Well, if you have wide open phones, I might go with all three of my questions. I just <laughs> go for it. Quick one. It's, it's all yours. Um, is it is it typical my purple leaf plum? The leaves on the inner part of the tree seem to be turning green. Mm-hmm. That's pretty normal. And as the summer okay. progresses, the whole tree will get a deeper color. And that's, that's pretty normal. Okay. Um, I got these bugs. They almost look like they're apple seed size. They're on my front door. I would have thought they were cricket poop, but uh, not bugs. It res- I would have thought it was cricket poop, mm-hmm. but I don't have any crickets around my house. Um, and they look too small to be birds. I do have birds that walk there, but like I said, these are apple seed size. That's pretty good size. Um, that big, it could be lizards, but I, you know, you know, that, that's pretty good size. I- I see nothing at my front door yet. These accumulate every week. Um, I, I would be I, I would be concerned, uh, Mark. It could be one of two things, which I, I wouldn't think would be very you know good. Number one would be the lar- larger roaches, you know, and they come out at night. Um, I, I would go out and check at night and see what you could find with the culprit is, but I think okay, you're going to find it. My house is really bug-free, but uh-huh. they're about apple Um Is it typical, except for the fact that I cut some inadvertently when I was pruning my, pruning my grapefruit tree, for if I had 60 grapefruit last year, which was my first year, mm-hmm. this year it looks like there's maybe going to be about 20 or 30. Um, 
they could be somewhat yeah. alternate, to, you know, due to the differences in the, uh, the spring weather. And that wouldn't be unusual. But I'll tell you what we find with citrus is we don't even try to go out and look at them and count the crop or estimate it at all this time of year. We usually I, wait I until know. July because you, you don't see a lot of them when they're small. And, uh, you know, as they mature, you'll find a lot of ones that are just hiding from you. Very good. You have a great afternoon. Thanks, Mark. Bye-bye. Thanks. Uh, let's see. We have Alyssa and Buckeye, Dennis and Glendale. Then it could be you. The number to call, 602-277-5827. Good morning, Alyssa. Good morning. Hi. Hi. Um, I was just wondering, what is a good, fast-growing tree uh, that doesn't actually grow or throw a bunch of mess? <laughs> okay. You're going to put it in lawn or rock, or what do you want to do, Alyssa? It's um, it's going to be going under uh, grass. On top of the lawn? I, I would look at yes. uh, red push pistachio, fan west ash, fan tex ash, and all those trees okay. will make a big canopy. Uh, your grass, will, your lawn will grow underneath them. It'll do especially well for the first 15 years. After a while, it'll get a little thinner under there. But uh, they'll make big okay. canopies, and you'll have absolutely no pickup. And, uh, you know, if you're growing it over a lawn, you could also do like an evergreen elm, which is a Chinese elm. And that's going to have, um, you know, more litter, but it's going to fall right in the lawn. And another one you could do that'll be a little slower, but if you wanted an evergreen, would be a live oak or a ficus even. You know, having. Yeah, I think there was a tree called Bruhard oak. Have you heard of that? I think that's the right. Schumard oak, a Schumardi, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And that one's a deciduous tree. Um and that that one would be okay as well. Um there's okay. a Texas red oak which is a little hardier than a Shumardi oak. But um Okay. So all, all those different things would, would would work and it's a matter of picking out kind of the style lot. What what makes it easier for you Alyssa, is the fact that you have lawn. So all your litter is going to fall into the grass. Yeah. I don't mind if it falls one time a year but I got mosquitoes in the front and they're just so messy. Yeah, well, but you know when they're falling in a lawn, they're not so bad. You know that you, you remind you they're messy this time of year, so you're really thinking about it when they've had all the blooms. And you know there yeah. was a long time when they had no litter, and um, but this, then the bean season is going to come late summer. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> well, when you're mowing, you're picking them up, so it's not so much work. Yeah, true fact. All right. Well, I thank you for your time. Thanks, Alyssa. Have a nice weekend. Bye-bye. Uh, we're going to take a short break. While we're gone, we do have three lines open. The number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. It's Julia and Brian here every Sunday morning from 7 to 9 with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show on 92.3 FM, KTAR.
welcome back, folks, to this beautiful, beautiful Sunday morning out here in Sunny Slope, Arizona. And I want to take a minute to invite you out to Whitfields. You know, Whitfields, we grow trees. Started with my grandparents, continuing now for four generations. If you need trees, any kind, any size. If you notice it was over 100 yesterday and it was a little warm and you want to cool things down, uh, come out and see us at Whitfields. We deliver plant and guarantee. Yes, we'll do the digging. And we grow trees from 15 gallons to big 72-inch boxes. You can have shade now. Whether you want to do the tropics with things like, you know, date palms or mule palms, or maybe you want to bring a Bismarckia in or have some other kind of fun palm tree to get that tropical look, or you want to root real desert, things like ironwoods and American mesquites. You know, we have beautiful palabreas and all different kinds of desert trees. Or, you know, traditional shade, ashes, elms, pistachios, live oaks. We grow them all right here in Arizona. Our original store is at 824 East Glendale Avenue. We're in the East Valley at Cooper, which is the same as Stapley and Guadalupe, or 264070 Southern Avenue, Southern Avenue, straight south of the Sky Harbor Airport. We're open Monday through Saturdays, 8 to 530, Sundays, 10 to 4. Woodfield Nurseries for four generations, growing trees here in Arizona for Arizona's future. Uh, let's see. Next up, we have uh, Dennis and Glendale. Good morning, Dennis. Uh, good morning, Brian. Um is there any sod available at the nurseries right now? We don't carry sod, uh, Dennis. Um, the sod farms, I'm not sure if the big box stores are carrying the sod or not. Um, the sod farms do have places available to pick it up. Um, I wouldn't know if you could find any today, but you could call uh, you know, any of the major sod farms, and they have it available at different locations to pick up around town. Okay. Um, and the other question was uh, yellow bells. Is there more than one variety? I mean, I know there's different colors, but I have one uh, i have two plants in my backyard and two of them are blooming and two of them don't have any blooms at all well there's lots of different yellow bells you know that's a plant that uh, started from a native that was kind of bony and it's been hybridized and bred and there's a lot of varieties a lot of colors a lot of sizes uh in yellow bells and orange jubilees and sparkies and all the different ones and uh, they're a wonderful plant for here in our desert but uh, there's definitely a lot of different cultivars so they can have different bloom cycles different growth patterns and, and be quite different but there are some that don't have blooms at all or? no no they're all going to have blooms if, huh, if you're I wonder not, if- it could be a, a lot to do with sun exposure. I mean, they're going to bloom best if they're in the full sun. They'll they'll do well facing south or west, but uh, they'll also bloom on the east side. If they get to be in the north side, they won't bloom until the middle of the summer when the sun moves over, and then okay. it blooms on those. So, you know, different parts of the yard are going to bloom in different cycles depending on sunlight, but uh, okay. they, they should all bloom. Okay, great. Well, thank you very much for your help. Thanks, Dennis. Bye-bye. Okay. Hey, let's see. Next up, we have. Uh, I gotta get the right order. Everybody wants you know to be on time. Les in Phoenix. Good morning, Les. Hey, good morning, Brian. I got a success story for you. Okay. Um, I don't know if you remember. I I had the mimosa tree that never bloomed, mm-hmm. and I sent you a photo to verify that it was a mimosa, and you agreed. Yeah, that's a mimosa. Uh, it bloomed. Wonderful. <laughs> it's. Blooming. Well, the nice part about it, if it started blooming now, mimosa tree is going to bloom for several months, so it won't just yeah, be a one-week exactly. party. Yeah, no kidding. So I think uh, when I called you, I was standing next to the tree. I think I shamed it. <laughs> you know, we grew up with a mimosa tree in our front yard in, in Sunny Slope, and uh, you know, right there by the mountain, and it, it was you know prolific as far as its bloom, messy but pretty, and, uh, yeah. and and it was in a lawn, so the messy wasn't an issue. 
I got a couple other questions. Um, I have a lemon tree I planted about a month and a half ago, um, about 15 gallon, and uh, well, it started growing right away, you know, as far as new leaves and stuff. There's a lot of, it's a Meyer lemon. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of lemons on it already. Should I leave those on? I mean, it's just been put in the ground. Should I uh, take them off? So well, you know, Les, here's what I would, I, I would leave most of them on. You know, you might want to thin them down if you want more growth later in the season. But Meyer lemons, especially when they're young, are very prolific. And you'll, you'll get a big wow. crop on them. And you probably planted it to eat lemons, right? Right. So you might yeah. as well you might as well eat lemons and just let them grow. You can start yeah, harvesting if you if you'll start harvesting them uh, the first of um, October. You know they'll just be starting to okay. break a little color, and then just use them all up. Okay. Next question. I'm watering it now that it's young. Mm -hmm. I do have irrigation, but uh, it's um, sort of on one of the the berms. Okay, so until it gets rooted down deeper in the irrigation, you probably want to water it once a week. Yeah, okay. Okay, and once it gets rooted uh, down in the irrigation, it'll probably be fine, but until then, for this first summer, water it weekly. Right. And I got one more, last question. Desert Rose. Mm -hmm. We've got two, three tiny ones that came in a two-inch uh, thing. And uh, they're not in full sun. We have them on the windowsill, which might be the problem. But, boy, they are touchy. Do you have any advice on the desert rose? Don't water. Um, you know, really, the biggest thing with desert roses is they like to be dry. And, and most of them are killed yeah. by having too much water. So you want to water them very sparingly. Let them be very dry in between waterings. Are these indoors or outdoors, Les? Indoors at the moment. Okay, so they're and, and they'll do fine outdoors too. But if you want to keep them in that windowsill, just put them up there and forget about them. And if you water them every two or three weeks, they'll be fine. Okay, thank you. Thanks, Les. Bye bye. Yeah. Uh, Chris and Glendale. Good morning, Chris. Hi, Brian. Uh, quick question about um, cow cockle. Have you had any experience with that? We had an inundation of it last summer while we were gone in our rocked-in backyard. Mm -hmm. um, it comes up like a, almost like a um, heather, you know, like a, right. and and it just covered the whole backyard. Came up to about two feet, and then just dried out. And we weren't at home to get rid of it. So this year we were thinking maybe put some pre-emergent down before Abs we leave. Absolutely, and that that's going to be the trick and the key. And what's a good pre-emergent uh, use? Pen Pendimethalin is pretty good, and it, it is mm -hmm. pretty broad spectrum and available. Uh, there's okay. a Pendulum Aquacap brand and different ones, but but uh, Pendimethalin will do a, a good job. Um, do you have anything germinated now or not? Nothing. There's okay. nothing that comes up. I think it was because when the monsoon came, it was Julia's our fault. neighbor was checking it, and she couldn't pull it out. It was, like I said, when we got home the beginning of October, it was all dried out and about two feet tall, mm -hmm. all over. Well, that's because Julia brought us all that rain last year. Phew, it was unbelievable. You know what, we two hope, years ago, there was nothing back there well, when we came home. Absolutely two, nothing. Two years ago, we had the hottest, driest summer on history. Exactly. <laughs> so here's what I would do, because you're going to put a pre-emergent down and count on the rain to take it in, mm -hmm. would be put the pre-emergent down in a granular form. Okay. Granular, huh? Yeah, put it down and it'll be there. And then if it rains, then you'll, the pre-emergent will be activated. Gotcha. All right. 
So we don't even have to water that in. Just put the granular put, in put and the let the monsoon down. take yeah, care of it. If it's in rock, it'll kind of catch in the rock in the monsoon. If it gets enough right. rain to germinate, it'll have enough germ- rain to activate the pre-emergent. Great. Thank you so much, Brian. Thanks. Bye-bye. Uh, David Chandler. Good morning, David. Good morning. Hey, I have a question. On um, I have a small yard. It's only about in the backyard. It's only about twenty-five feet, and I'm in a retirement community. So, I was going to plant a, a, a tree, and uh, I was going to plant either a uh, the uh, the mulga tree mm-hmm. or that red bush uh, uh, pistache. You know, with with twenty-five feet, the pistache might get kind of big. You might do a oh. mulga, but what I would look at maybe is a fruitless olive, like a Swan Hill. Uh, the olive oh, okay. tree is going to be evergreen, clean, fun to play with, and perfect size for that area, David. Hold on. I'll give you a little more information off the air because we have a hard break. Julia started some music on me, and that means it's time to find out from Patricia Valencia what's happening in the world. And we'll be right back after the break with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. In the meantime, you can give Julia a call at 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR. It's Julia and Brian here every Sunday from 7 to 9 with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show.